Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. Hi everyone, Uh, it's great to see you this morning. Um, As Jay said, I am the planting curate for St George's. Um, Sorry, just get my notes back to the right place. That would be a great start. And... um, Yeah, basically that means that in the next couple of years, I'm hopefully going to build a team, and with your help, we are going to plant a church into the east of Leeds. And I think this is really exciting, and if this starts to make you think, oh, I'd be interested in that, you are welcome to come and find me after the service. I would love to talk to you. Um, A little disclaimer, I feel, you know when your cold reaches the climax, and your your head is a bit fuzzy, and you feel a bit, Uh, I feel like that today. So if at any point you think, Hannah actually has gone a bit delirious, please stop me. Uh, Hopefully that won't happen Uh, but I do feel a little bit under the weather so bear with me please Uh, so today we are continuing our series on spiritual rhythms and we've already looked at uh, how the bible can be entwined into our lives and also the rhythm of gratitude and today we are looking at prayer so in our bible reading we heard Jesus explain to his disciples how to pray And there seems to be some key components to what Jesus is saying in his instructions. The first I'd say is it's not about performance or the importance of the words being spoken, but about the time being given and the relationship between us as individuals and between God, between his children and our heavenly Father. For the disciples to think of God as Father would not have been an unusual idea in terms of metaphors and pictures, but in terms of being able to directly speak to God as Father, this would have been a groundbreaking idea. Jesus is inviting us in direct relationship with God, in an open and loving communication. Often, as we enter prayer, we do it the wrong way. Either we do it in a very entitled way, with demands, and this is what I want, God, this is what I need. Or sometimes we can see God as this judge, this person who's going to be overbearing, and so we enter fearful and boundaried. Entering prayer, recognizing the awesome wonder of who God is, yet accepting that he's calling us into this amazing relationship. If love sets our prayer into a path of being transformative and life-giving when we see God as our loving Father. Within the Lord's Prayer, we see a pattern of prayer to be followed that helps us trust God, revere God. It helps us be participants in the kingdom to be forgiven and forgivers, seeking God for all of our needs. Now, Obviously, as Christian, prayer is something that we'd expect to do, but actually throughout the world, in all different countries and all different places, believers and not believers, prayer seems to be a common thread of life. In a recent survey, it said that one in two adults, 51% in the UK, uh, enter prayer. And among those who pray, over half said they're most likely to do so in crisis. Sometimes, People uh, pray in crisis points. And uh, I think this is a really good example from Matthew Perry. You might recognize him if you uh, like friends. He played Chandler. And uh, he, for many years, struggled with addiction. And uh, in his recent biography, uh, he explains this moment of encounter. So I'm just going to read what he says. God, please help me, I whispered. 
show me you are here. God, please help me. I started to cry. I mean, I really started to cry. And that shoulder-shaking, kind of uncontrollable weeping. I wasn't crying because I was sad. I was crying because for the first time in my life, I felt okay. I felt safe, taken care of. Decades of struggling with God, wrestling with life and sadness, all being washed away like a river of pain gone into oblivion. I had been in the presence of God. I was certain of it. And in this time, I prayed the right thing, help. Eventually, the weeping subsided, but everything was different now. I stayed sober for two years solely on that moment. God has shown me a sliver of what life could be. He had saved me that day, and for all my days, no matter what. He had turned me into a seeker, not of soberality and truth, but of him. Turning to God in crisis is a perfectly reasonable response, and we have a gracious Father who stands with us even when we haven't turned to him before. But when prayer underpins our lives, God feels more like a close friend accompanying us through life. It can feel like all we need to do is merely whisper, and he responds. When we know his voice and his ways are comforting us, then we can be close to him even in those hard times. We know his love language and how he cares for us. Most relationships, whether friendships or romantic, start with a shallow understanding of each other. Within the story of Pride and Prejudice, uh, get a bit of Mr. Darcy in there for you this morning, um, <laughs> we see that two individuals who completely misread each other, they take offense, they belittle each other. Through, a through the procession of their relationship, these misunderstandings are unpicked, and the act of friendship and generosity begin to heal the wounds and pave the way for friendship. Deep relationships require knowledge of how we communicate in love to each other. It is hard won through time invested, through consistent communication and friendship. At times, we all may encounter people in crisis in the streets of Leeds, but we can't act in the same way to these, loving, uh, to these strangers as we can with someone we deeply know and can respond to with that knowledge of prior relationship. I think the same is true with God. Even if we haven't been in a relationship before, just like Matthew Perry, we can have these moments encounter in times of crisis. But when we journey with God every day, we recognize his voice and his loving ways in a completely different way. This reminds me of Mary in the garden with Jesus. Just after he has died, just three days after, she is stricken with grief and she is searching for Jesus' body. She asks who she thinks is a gardener where Jesus is. She doesn't recognize Jesus. But then he says her name. In that moment, she knows it is Jesus because he has said her name before. It's a name that when, he, when she hears her name, she recognizes the familiarity of it, the warmth of it, the love that she has encountered before. Now, sometimes as we're going through life struggles, we can do a lot of talking about how we're feeling. We can tell everyone what that person's done and how difficult this situation is. 
But a quote I quite often see on uh, social media is, have you prayed about it as much as you have spoken about it? I think it's a good challenge because often it's not the first thing we think to do when faced with a challenge, is to sit down with God and pray. I think God invites us to pray even in the small things as well as the big things. William Temple, Archbishop of Canterbury in the 1940s, is well known for this saying. When I pray, coincidences happen. When I don't, they don't. Uh, When Chris, my little boy, who's now 10, uh, had just turned one, we bought his first pair of shoes. This is a really exciting milestone, it's quite expensive, and uh, we were really happy to see him take his first steps. After a couple of days, though, one of Chris's shoes went missing. We searched and searched for this shoe, and we could not find it. And Ben had always been a a big, sort of, proactive believer that if we lose something, we pray about it. And so he was praying about it. And we were just at the point of thinking, we're going to have to buy another pair of shoes, uh, when he sat with Chris on his lap, giving him a cuddle. And he prayed, God, show me where this shoe is. And at that moment, Chris pointed to the speaker next to the TV. And lo and behold, there was the shoe stuffed inside the speaker, and it was found. (laughs) When we walk through through life, God means us to keep talking to him about the little things. If you're preparing for a marathon... You need to build up your muscles. You need to be active for a long time, building up your resilience each day. You need to understand what your body's capable of in those small jogs building up to the event. Trusting God in the little things is a bit like that. It builds up that muscle of reliance. It helps us build good communications ready for those big moments in life. So when challenges come our way, we know how to respond. Now, when we look at Jesus and how he prayed, we can learn a lot. He definitely had a rhythm of prayer. He clearly practiced prayer. Whether it was in the 40 days fasting as he uh, went from his baptism into his ministry, or if it was climbing those hills to be alone with God. If it was attending the temple as an act of communal worship and prayer, or if it's crying out in those desperate prayers in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus built his life into a life of prayer. What is interesting is there seems to be some common rhythms within his prayer life, but there seems to also be an adaptability about it. There seems to be seasons where he has a particular way he prays, or times that his prayer life he builds in a way that suits him in that moment, in that phrase, in that um, way he's feeling. I've found that over the years, either because of my own insecurity or the teaching that I've had, I sometimes feel like my prayer life doesn't quite match what it should be. I look at other people and think, they've got it right. Their spiritual life has got such a depth I could only dream of. They get up at five in the morning and I'm still awake with the baby at that time. But I think we can all fall into this trap sometimes of looking at other people's spirituality and feeling like theirs is somewhere better. I think sometimes we take very literally those verses we heard in Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. 
But over the last couple of years, I've read a few different reflections and prayer that have reassured me that my prayer life is fruitful and acceptable to God. If Jesus, even though he had consistent rhythms to prayer, had different ways of engaging with prayer, shouldn't we also feel released to do the same? I've struggled all my life to fit into a neat pattern. I found myself feeling guilty and looking at others, as I say, with some envious uh, look at their spiritual superiority. But I think I'm in a place where I can celebrate the way God has made me, the way he engages with me personally. As we understand who God has made us to be individually, who learn differently and express our love for God differently, why couldn't it be okay to find different ways to communicate with us in prayer too? Gary Thomas, in his book, Sacred Pathways, explains there are many ways for God to engage with us in prayer. These work with our personalities, not against them. I have listed them on the screen. I can't really go into each one now. Um, But I have put the resource on our resource page, and uh, you can either engage that individually, or uh, maybe your small group leaders might use it in your Bible studies. As we explore this book, you can see that God has a few different ways and some that come naturally to me. I found that as I read through the different ones, there are times that actually I use these regularly and some I use sporadically. Some were really good in a season when actually it was just me and I wasn't married and have children and I could pray very individually. And there have been other seasons where my life has felt more chaotic and I've had to be more adaptable in how I entwine God in that season. The key, whether you are someone who has many ways to engage in prayer, or if you're someone who likes a set routine in a very strict pattern, that you um, make sure that you keep these three rules. Keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it going. I've got a few examples for each of these of how I find uh, prayer can be helpful, but obviously I'm giving you permission to find your own ways of how you engage in prayer. So keep it simple. I think keeping it simple, the best way is to find what is natural in the way that you express yourself. For me, I love writing prayer journals. Sometimes I make a great big mind map and I just list all the things I'm praying about. And I know that God can find something in in that, even in my dyslexic scribbles and crazy writing. I find it quite releasing and freeing. Maybe you like to draw or sing. Maybe you really love to sit in silence or pray in tongues. One of the big ways I pray is through prayer walking. Uh, There's an image going to come up the stream, so that's Eastern Park. And uh, I used to walk around Eastern Park lots praying. It might be that I was actually on the way to somewhere doing the nursery run or uh, just spending some time with God. But I found that when I prayed over the streets that I knew there was trouble. When I saw there was vandalism, when I prayed thanksgiving for an amazing encounter of the people I knew in that community, I found God was doing things in and through me. One day I was walking through the streets, this is a particular part of Leeds, uh, Eastern Park, that has a lot of difficulties, uh, and I saw that poster over it. And I thought, yes, Lord, I will believe for this place that you will bring new levels of love and community and restoration but also I'm going to look for where it's already happening, for the people it's already happening in, and the freedom you are offering. 
I also found when I, I listen to things as I go out praying, and I was walking on the fields uh, near Swarcliffe. So this is Swarcliffe, you can see it in the distance, and that is uh, a field right next to it. I was listening to a preach by Rachel Hughes, and she was praying about how we need to uh, pray for first shoots and deep roots that produce the spiritual fruits. I was on this field, and as, I, as you can see, it's ripe with corn, ready to harvest. Now all these fields are about to be turned into housing. And part of me begrudges that, because I think they're really beautiful, but the other part of me knows that we need good housing for people. And so I realized that maybe God was calling me to pray for these new shoots, these deep roots, so that there will be spiritual growth and these people will come to know Jesus. I also find when I prayer walk, quite often I am interrupted. I find that I have an encounter with someone out and about and I end up having a really good conversation about Jesus or the community or what I'm doing or why I've moved to Swarcliffe. It's really interesting to see how God interrupts me. And uh, there's several ways that, uh, that's the prayer walk on uh, New Year's Day, <laughs> actually, but um, sometimes I find that I end up having to do something quite proactive. I can't pray one thing and walk past something I see needs doing. So at the top of that, uh, on the right-hand side, uh, they've just put loads of new plants across the flyover of this new road they've built. And uh, someone had had a lovely time uh, throwing them all over the top. So about 40 of these plants had all been thrown. So my dog looked quite bemused at me as we ran up and down these steps, replanting <laughs> all these um, plants. And uh, I got to have a really good conversation with a gentleman who also thought I was crazy, but I got to say something good about uh, you know, living out my faith. And um, again, like at the bottom, you can see I've done some litter picking uh, where some teenagers had a lovely time, but made quite a mess. So I think sometimes when we're out and about praying, we need to be ready to be interrupted and engage with God proactively. Prayer walking also allows me to engage with God in nature. I get to marvel at his creation. I get to cry out for his creation as we face the truth of climate crisis. Sometimes I prayer walk around my house. I pray over my children's bed, over our meal table, over our home. Something you could do is pray a walk over your home or community, over your, uh, maybe your teaching, you want to pray over all your uh, seats before your children come in for the day. Where can you proactively be asking the kingdom to come in the places you dwell? Other times I set alarms. So I have an encounter maybe on a Sunday and someone says, there's something really deep they want me to pray about and I set an alarm that I will pray for them each day. Lots of people around the world set an alarm for 12 o'clock each day to say the Lord's Prayer, knowing that Christians around the world are doing the same. I also use apps now. I don't know if you like any of these apps, but I love uh, Lecto360. There's the Daily Prayer app, the Common Prayer Bible app. So there's lots of different apps that, again, gives you a really easy way to access God in prayer. Now, these sound simple to me. You might be thinking, that sounds like chaos. That is not how I pray. But that's fine. We all find our own ways of connecting with God. And I found a particularly helpful Pete Gregg's book on how to pray. And there's a children's version too if you have children and you're trying to work out how to pray with them. My son has found that very helpful. So the next thing Pete Gregg suggests is keep it real. Be honest. Sometimes it's hard to pray to God. Sometimes you have no words, and that's okay. 
Give God space. Share what you're carrying. Be honest when you've failed. Something like the examine can be helpful for reflecting. And again, the Lecto360 app has one for the evening too, to help you look over your day and pray into what you're worried about and fall asleep knowing you've encountered God. There's a wonderful story of uh, some refugee children who, uh, in the Second World War who couldn't sleep because they were so worried that the next morning they would wake up with no food. And the nuns who were looking after them would give them a bit of bread each to fall asleep. And they'd know that when they wake up in the morning, they would have food. And actually going to bed, falling asleep, praying can be a bit like that, can't it? We go to bed knowing that actually God is taking care of us. We fall asleep in that knowledge and safety of God's protection and blessing. If you feel angry, you can tell God. Look at the Psalms. There's lots of angry people in the Psalms. You can tell God when you feel angry. And one of the things I feel about like, take, keeping it real is when you listen to a child's prayer, it's as real as you can get. <laughs> My little girl, Lizzie, she likes to sing prayers into the iPad. And when you read them back, they're chaotic. They're really honest. They're quite quirky, but they're real. There's no pretense. There's honesty and relationship. And the next thing is keep it up. If I, one of the challenges I have with having quite a chaotic way of praying in different lots of ways, it'd be quite easy to lose that rhythm because I've not got the regimented way of doing it. But I need to make sure that there is a discipline to how often I'm engaging with God. At a recent deacon day, the bishop who was speaking to us said that it takes him about six months to rebuild a pattern of prayer when he's uh, moved into a new position or stage of life. And I found that really freeing, that actually we need to make sure we keep rebuilding things, but there are seasons it's harder. And another way to keep it going is we are part of a community of believers. We're part of a family. And St. George's has lots of different ways to support you in prayer. We have daily prayers and Facebook Live. We have uh, weekly prayers in our small groups and on Sundays. We have monthly prayer meetings and we have our annual church meeting. Prayer is part of the life of St. George's. And when we meet together, it's a powerful thing. It can encourage us. It can challenge us. It can change the world around us. It can inspire us. Maybe you haven't made a New Year's resolution yet, but maybe it could be that you're going to meet together and pray. Pray in those times I've just mentioned, or maybe say to a friend, you know what, can we pray together regularly? Can we put it in the diary? Can there be a rhythm to our prayer life? So in summary, prayer can be transformative. It can change the world around us. Through prayer, we should expect that God will change things in loving ways. So keep it simple. Keep it real. Keep it going. And see what God's going to do in and through you in your prayer lives this year. Thank you for listening to the St George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.